Where are you going to go for the best in college radio? The University of Central Missouri, of course. Tune in to the UCM radio station, The Beat. Welcome to Sports Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Moore. This semester on Sports Talk, the students in the sports reporting class at the University of Central Missouri are discussing and debating various topics in the sports world. We're going to be hitting on topics from outside the lines. Last week, we discussed who should cover the cost of a new stadium, the owner of the team or the taxpayers of the city. If you missed it, you can go to ucmbeat.com, select Sports Talk from the list of shows, and click on the link to hear the show. Got another fun topic for you this week that has become relevant in the college sports world, so buckle up. It's time for Sports Talk. Today on Sports Talk, our topic is the NIL, good or bad for college athletics. For years, it has been argued and debated whether college student-athletes should get paid. After all, college athletics brings in a lot of revenue through ticket sales, television contracts, and imaging. But these are also college athletes, many of whom are on scholarship. Well, beginning on July 1st, 2021, the NCAA kind of compromised and said schools cannot pay student-athletes. But if a sponsor wants to enter an agreement with a student-athlete, then said student-athlete can profit from that arrangement. Of course, this has created quite the debate. Our panelists today are going to discuss. Time for me to shut up and let them have at it. I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves, and we'll get going. Let's start with JT. Where are you from? What year are you at UCM? And what is your major? Yeah, so hi. Uh, I'm JT. Uh, I'm from Raymore, Missouri. I'm a senior at UCM, and my emphasis is sports broadcasting and digital media production. I'm Karen Benedict. I'm a sophomore, and my major is digital media production. My name is Alicia Burney, and I'm from Kansas City, and my major is uh, digital media production with an emphasis in sports broadcasting. How's it? I'm Colin Sumler. I'm a senior at UCM, and I am a digital media production major. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. So, the NIL, for those of you who don't know, that stands for Name, Image, and Likeness. Good or bad for college athletics? JT and Corinne are going to be speaking on behalf of the student-athletes and argue that, yes, it is a good thing. And Alicia and Colin are going to be debating the opposite position and explain why the NIL is bad for college athletics. We're going to let Alicia and Colin take the first segment. Why is the NIL bad for college athletics? Um, I would say that the NIL is bad for college athletics because there are some athletic directors that have and will take advantage of NIL payments by persuading um, certain sports players to come and play for them by maybe giving them like a larger stipend just to get them like on their team, which could possibly lead to other players receiving nothing or um, maybe less than what they deserve. So I just feel like some co- uh, some coaches and athletic directors are using it more of a bargaining tool than anything. So I just I really don't think it's fair. And also, higher profile athletes will receive will have more opportunities than other athletes. Like somebody from Alabama um, getting an NIL deal would be different than somebody getting an NIL deal that lives in Missouri. But at the end of the day, all players are the same. But depending on location, they get treated differently, like financially. Like a star player from Alabama could get a full-ride scholarship as well as an NIL deal. But a star player from Missouri wouldn't receive those type of benefits. So I just feel like it's just not fair. And based on my own personal research, um, it appears to me that it's mostly in favor of males which could later lead to controversy 
And not only is it unfair to women, but it's just also not fair in general. So I just feel like to make it, like, fair is just to not have it. Yeah, I I like what you say there, Alicia. I'm going to kind of jump in here for a minute because you make a great point that that star football player at Alabama has a much better opportunity than, say, that star swimmer, swimmer at Missouri State, star female swimmer at Missouri State. And it's hard to argue that that star quarterback, star football player at Alabama is working harder than that star swimmer at Missouri State. They're both working hard. They're both contributing to their school's success. It's just the nature of business and which sport gets more attention and which school gets more attention. So great argument. Okay, Colin, what do you think? I think it's bad because while student athletes can be compensated for this, they have to let their schools know before they sign on to a business. And plus... College athletes are already under a lot of pressure from fans. Okay, so you're saying they've already got the pressure from the fans to be successful, to compete and perform at a high level. We don't want to add the the pressures of of being a part of a business that their boss looking over their shoulder? Well, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Sounds like we've got a couple of good arguments for why the NIL is not a good thing for college athletics. When we come back... We're going to listen to JT and Corinne, and we're going to hear their case. You're listening to Sports Talk right here on UCM, The Beat. Only in the forest can you see this. And this. And this. But nothing beats the moment you see that. Cool! That's your child's eyes opening up to a world of possibilities. I didn't know it could do that! Because one trip to the forest can spark a world of difference. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go, like hiking, canoeing, fishing, or camping. Or create your own adventure with family and friends, and you might just see this. Your moment's out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. That's discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. We've heard why the NIL is a bad thing. Now let's hear from JT and Corinne and why they believe the name, image, and likeness program in college athletics is a good thing for college athletics. JT, let's start with you. Yeah, so listen, let me tell you something. When you're a regular student at college, you can do work you can go work you get internship when you're a sports or an athlete for a college you're dedicated to school and then the athlete so you ain't making money you don't got time for that job so with the nil deal you can make the money and it helps with income and there was a huge problem with this back in the day in 2017 a guy named darnold de la hay he was the kicker for ucf he had a youtube channel the nca found the youtube channel the nca thing tells him hey you either pick the youtube channel or you pick the athlete athletic department because if you pick the YouTube channel, we're taking your scholarship away and you can't play sports for us. So he takes his opportunity with YouTube and goes away and doesn't play for UCF. Now he's a content creator for YouTube and has over 4.7 million subscribers. I think he made the right choice, but if that scenario happened today, in today's world, he would be doing both and he can make money off of YouTube because of the name image likeness deal. Another thing is, is, um, 
we talked about how they think it's only for big schools. And you said about Missouri State and the women part. Another thing that's huge right now was Nick Saban for Alabama, the head football coach, was having a big stifle and a, a little panty tantrum because he didn't get the big recruit this year. Uh, the number one recruit actually decided to go to Jackson State where Deion Sanders is the head coach. Uh, so it, it's not all about who is the school. It's more about the product of what's happening. I don't think it's more about the school itself. It's about who's there as the product form. Like Deion Sanders being at Jackson State, it's a smaller school, but because Deion Sanders is there, it's going to help with the name image likeness. So you break up a great point with the YouTuber. I mean, number one, these athletes, they are making a lot of money for the university by their name and image and likeness because people are going to want to tune in to watch that game where they think they have that star athlete. So they're going to be making a lot of money, helping the university make a lot of money off their programs. And in the case of the YouTuber you mentioned, he's not even working for anybody. He's working for himself. He's creating his own content. Why shouldn't he be able to profit over that? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you're making your own content, like we're making our own content right now, we should be able to profit off of what we're doing. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm producing this thing. I'm making the money, all right? <laughs> Understandably. <laughs> I might I might throw a couple of bones your way, but hey, listen, all right? <laughs> Sorry, Producer Joe. Uh, I got kids to put through college. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got this at UCM, I'll tell you that much. Uh, but all I'm saying is when we create our content here on our own time, we should be able to profit off of it. Now, I totally get like if a different – a company is like endorsing them and they're not giving equal amounts to all the players. That's kind of unfair. But I'm just saying, if you're making your own content, you're doing your own thing, you should be able to make money off of it no matter what. All right. Fair enough. Corinne, what do you think? I think these college athletes spend hours every single day working and the these colleges and the NCAA are like making money off their performances and their talents and their efforts. And like, 2019, they made $14 billion off of these athletes. Um, and to go into another point, I want to touch on Alicia with the women's. I actually looked into this a little bit, too, and I don't think that it's bad or downgrading women's sports in any way. Um, they thought going into it that it would hurt them. And But honestly, a lot of the female athletes are thriving on these platforms because of the opportunities the NIL has given them. So definitely think it's a great thing and good opportunity for these athletes. So you're finding that a lot of female athletes are getting a chance. They may, they may not get the multi hundred thousand dollar deal, but they're getting some money out of it because they're, these opportunities are being opened up to them. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, well done, both teams. We're going to step away one more time. When we come back, we're going to hit the panelists with a few questions from the rest of the class. I'm going to chime in with some of my thoughts. Hope you're ready for it. You're listening to Sports Talk on UCM The Beat. Oh, hi. Right now, I'm getting a remarkably heartfelt bear hug from Smokey Bear. Thanks, big guy. Now, if you could let me down. Uh. See, I made sure there were no low-hanging branches when I set up my campfire. And before we left, I drowned out my campfire, stirred it, drowned it out again, then made sure it was cold. Uh. Visit SmokeyBear.com to learn tips to prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Opiates has taken everything and everyone I've ever loved away from me. Everything. I blew my ankle out and I got prescribed pain pills by my doctor. 
If making my detox public is gonna help somebody, I'm all for it. I just wish I would have had a warning. Opioid dependence can happen after just five days. Know the truth, spread the truth. A message from Truth, the Ad Council, and ONDCP. All right, it's question time. This is the part of the show where the rest of the class was supposed to think about this week's topic and come up with their best questions for the panelists. So we're going to start it off with one from Sam. Does NIL compromise the competitive balance of college athletics, or does it actually make it better for everyone, not just the top programs? That's a great question, Sam. Um, Alicia, what do you think? Um, I feel like it compromises it, like because I just don't think it's fair. Like, maybe if it was fair, like with everybody, everybody got the same amount for, like every position got the same amount. Um, whether it's like different states or male or female, then that would be fair. But yeah, other than that, no. You think the top programs are going to benefit more than the the middle of the pack? Like an Alabama is going to going to benefit more than a Ball State, for example. Um, is that is that kind of what you're saying? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. JT, Corinne, you can take. I mean, you're on the opposite side of this argument. What do you think? I mean, I totally disagree. But it, like the point I made earlier, Nick Saban and Jackson State. Nick Saban's the head coach for Alabama. He was having a fit because Jackson State got the number one recruit from this year. And it all happens because of the NIL deal. I don't think the number one recruit goes to Jackson State if there's not an NIL deal placed for him. Also, I mean, uh, we're in Missouri. Missouri gets the number one recruit wide receiver. And Missouri's football team is average at best occasionally they're overhyped most of the time they get the number one receiver and he's already got three endorsements including a new brand ship for himself so i think the nil deal is helping these average schools become a little more competitive i mean ku's getting people in the uh, transfer portal and if you would have told me kansas was going to get football players to come to them you would have had me laughing on the ground because KU is not good at football. So and Now, understand with the NIL, a, a team cannot use that and say, hey, come here and we're going to hook you up with these endorsements. Teams are That's one rule that it's kind of the Wild West right now with the NIL. They have not determined um, all the rules. They're kind of figuring things out as they go along. But one thing they have determined is Mizzou can't say, hey, number one receiver, come to the University of Missouri and we'll hook you up with these these boosters of ours and you can be a sponsor for them and you can make money off the NIL deal. That they cannot do. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that, but I'm also not saying that it's not happening. I mean, you've got to see there's probably an open door somewhere for people doing that because there there's a prime example going around right now um, in the college basketball world, a K-State basketball player uh, transferred to Miami and within 24 hours of being in Miami, he was hooked up with a brand new car down in Miami, and they think it was one of the boosters that gave him the car, and they told him, hey, if you come here, we'll give you this car. So there's that going around, and there's those speculations that there's always an open door yeah, he behind. Yeah, he got a brand new car and a $400,000 contract, and exactly. they're saying that it was after the fact, after he got down there. So Okay. All right. This one is from Charlie. Do you think the NIL can distract players on the field from performing at their best? So I'm, I've got this new contract and this this deal, this endorsement deal. I'm going to be focusing on my endorsement deal when I should be focusing on uh, playing baseball or playing basketball. And it can be a distraction. Um, Colin, what do you think? Is it going to be a distraction for them, or are we going to trust the players to be able to put that aside? I absolutely think it's a distraction because college kids are so busy these days with schoolwork and sports and work. They don't really have the time 
to do any of that stuff. Okay. Corinne? No, I think that the athletes are able to divide a fine line between, like, practice time and they're focusing on themselves and bettering themselves at practice and then after that taking the time to deal with their NIL deals and stuff like that. But when they're actually playing, I don't think that that's on their mind. You know, it really makes it hard to make that argument that, look, they're playing, they've got their, they're on the field all this time, they've got all this practice time, they don't have time to have a part-time job. But yet they have time to go and manage their endorsements. They've got time to go out and manage their uh, their appearances and the commercials, and they have to do so. Uh, which one is it, you know? But I, but at the same time, I could also see. Well, you're a college athlete. You're you are by intents and purposes an adult. It's time to start managing your time and budgeting your time and and figuring it out. And you know, these college student athletes recognize. Look, if I go to college to play ball and I don't perform well, I'm going to lose these NIL opportunities. So, yeah, you can see the argument either way. This one came from was that Roman gave me this one from Roman. Do you think that the NIL endorsements force an incentive, or do they discourage athletes to go professional? So, I'm going to come to college and I am going to get these endorsement deals because of the NIL. I think I'll stick around in college versus jumping to the pros. There have been a lot of people saying in college basketball, for example, the one and done, you go as a freshman and you go professional because you want to make some money. Well, maybe it keeps the college athletes in college a little bit longer, makes the college game a little bit better because the top players stay because now they can make money off their name, image, and likeness. That's a great question right there. Uh, I'll let whoever wants to jump in on this one. Go ahead. What do you think? Does it keep them in college or does it have no effect there whatsoever? I think that it keeps them in college because it's like it's like slim. It looks like very slim chances chances on going pro. So I feel like if somebody's like, "Oh, I might not go pro. I might as well just keep playing in college. I'm making this amount of money anyway." Then they would probably just stay in college and keep um, getting their nil deals. Okay, so, like so keep them there. So Alicia, you've been arguing that it's not good for college athletics, but there you're giving a positive for it for, for why maybe it would be a good thing for college athletics. So. No, I still think it's bad because, like, they're going to stay in college based on that NIL deal. Like, I don't think they'll leave because, you know, it's slim chances on going pro. So it'll make them want to stay in college, which is a bad thing, being in college for, like, a long time just because you're receiving. Well, they still only get their four years of eligibility, so they're still only going to be able to be there for four years. It's just keeping them from going one or two years and then going pro. So, uh, JT, Corinne, what do you think? Yeah, so I think it doesn't – in a sense, it doesn't put pressure on the athlete to be something like pressure them into going pro right away. So like, oh, I have this great year going on. Do I think about going pro? Well, now you have these endorsements. Okay, I can stay one more year, develop my skills a little better, and maybe go higher in the draft because you are earning that money right now. So I think it helps them understand that, okay, I have this money right now. I don't have to pressure myself or make that peer pressure decision right now. Do I go to the draft or do and I can stay one more year and get my skills better, and then I can go to the draft and maybe get drafted higher. Yeah, and the reason guys don't ever want to stay in college that extra year is they're afraid they're going to get injured and they're going to lose it. You could look at it and say, well, I've got this NIL uh, NIL deal while a college athlete. If I go pro, it's just going to go with me. Not necessarily, because that NIL deal may say, okay, we're going to give you an endorsement for $400,000. If you go pro, you're going to expect more, and that, that business may say, huh. We have $400,000 budgeted. We're not going over this. And so then you get out of the deal. So I think I think we don't have a large enough sample size to make any determinations on how that is or is not going to work. Uh, let me get one more question. Who was that? 
That was Jason. All right, Jason, if the NIL is allowed in a university where students are getting an education and getting paid, what's stopping the NIL to move into high school sports and athletes? That's a great a great thought right there because there are a lot of blue chip athletes in high school that, you know, and, and in this day and age, there's private schools where they can recruit and get kids to come to their school. What's to keep it from jumping into high schools? Uh, Corinne, what do you think? Could that happen? No, I don't think that's necessary. I think that it's it's good with the college athletes because those sports consume way more time in college than they do in high school. High school, you can have a good balance between working and practice and stuff. And I think the whole point of the NIL is to help these college athletes to make money, first off, and second off, to get their name out there to help them potentially move on to pro or just stay in college. But high school, you're still gaining those basic skill levels to move on. I don't see the need in it coming down and they're so young i don't think they need to be getting into any business deals well you got moms and dads that may be putting the kibosh on that anyway because they want their sons and daughters to be focusing on their school because bottom line is you can be a great high school athlete but if you don't get the great the job done in the classroom in high school you aren't going to college and that nil deal is dead for you right there colin what do you think no i don't think so because they're minors okay they're very young like 15, 16, 17, they're still minors. They're not adults yet. That's a great point because if they're a minor, they can't enter into a contract, so it would have to be moms and dads signing the contract for them. That's a great point. Okay. All right. Well, here's my couple of thoughts on this issue, the whole issue of college student-athletes being paid. The pro for why they should be paid, why they should have the NIL opportunities, they are making truckloads of money. College student or college athletics is a billion-dollar industry, and it's being made on the backs of these young men and women who are out there competing. Now, predominantly, yes, that money is coming from football and men's basketball. That's where the TV contracts come in. That's where the biggest gates come in. So, yes, they are making a lot of money for the university why shouldn't they get a little uh, piece of that uh, the piece of that pie? Why shouldn't they get a little coin because of the effort they're putting in? On the other side of that, talking about, I think Corinne said, well, you know, they're working all the time, playing their sport and going to school. They don't have time to work. Um, I'm guessing most of you in this class have a part-time job, and part of that part-time job and the money from that is paying your living expenses and paying for you to go to college. College student-athletes, certainly at the big sports, the NFL, the men's basketball, women's basketball, if you're on scholarship, you are on full-ride scholarship. Your school is paid for. Your living expenses are paid for. Your, your food is paid for. You're getting a paycheck because you're getting all of that paid for. So during the school year, you don't really need to work because everything is paid for for you. You can get a job in the summer and put the money away and be able to afford to go for the year. My daughter worked for Parks and Recreation for a summer, and she used that money to live off for the entire school year, and that had to pay her rent and her room and board. So there's that argument that, you know, they are getting paid anyway. So where you come down on it, it's going to be a topic that's discussed for a long time. They're still figuring out the rules. They're still figuring out the parameters. But it's a great topic for us to discuss. We had a great job of uh, by our panelists today from JT and Corinne, Alicia and, and uh, Colin, doing some good research, bringing us some thoughts on this. But that's all of our time today. Join us next week when we'll be discussing if performance-enhancing drugs should be legal in professional athletics. Thanks to our panelists today. Thank you for listening to Sports Talk. 
Only here on UCM, The Beat. Did you know that the University of Central Missouri has been leading innovation for nearly 150 years? With more accreditations and more qualified faculty members, our commitment to academic success is unparalleled, and we make sure every student receives the support they need to graduate on time and with less debt. So whatever opportunity you're looking for, make your impact sooner at UCM, with campuses located in Warrensburg, Lee Summit, and online. Find out more about UCM and the power of opportunity in action at ucmo.edu.